0: Hello and welcome to the FT Advisor Podcast, a weekly podcast series brought to you by FT Advisor. Each week we'll be joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Amy Austin, Senior Reporter at FT Advisor, and joining me today is Claire Trott, Head of Pension Strategy at St James's Place, and Tim Morris, Independent Financial Advisor at Russell and Co. And we will be discussing how the ongoing coronavirus crisis has affected pensions. Welcome to you both, and thank you for joining us. As you are well aware, pensions have been in the limelight lately, as savers saw their pots hit by market volatility as a result of the COVID 19 outbreak. Due to this, many individuals are now concerned about their retirement and how/slash/if their pots will recover in coming years. So, Claire, what do you think? What are the biggest risks to pensions during this crisis?
1: I have to say, I think one of the the biggest risks we're going to see is people stopping contributions, thinking that they're going to stop them in the short term, and then failing to start them again. Uh, Advisors do such a good job getting uh, clients to sign up, get their regulars going in, uh, and and once they're paying them, then they don't really miss them. But once you start getting that money back in your pay packet, it might be a case that you don't just start again, Uh, especially those in auto-enrolment schemes who've opted out uh, for the short term, and then, then don't go back in um, even when they get re-enrolled in, in the three year uh, review, uh, do you agree, Tim?
2: Absolutely. You've um, yeah taken my point, almost taken the words out of my mouth. Ever um in, in regards of yeah, it's people giving up on pensions is is my main concern because of the fact that um you know people are going to have to tighten their belts and you know I've already read about employers saying well they you know potentially aren't going to be able to carry on with um you know contributions for employers employees sorry at the levels that they are currently at um, because most people most employees have been contributing above the minimum levels which is great but uh, going forwards that may not be the case um, as regularly as it is now and um, yeah i think that's a, a massive concern.
1: Yeah, indeed. We've um, I've seen people who've had you know, contribution levels of 10 plus percent drop back down to the auto enrolment minimums, uh, and to do that, they've had to change contracts. So there's no guarantee that they're going to re-change their contracts going forward. Um, so we we will possibly see this sort of lull in, in contributions, and I think employees and their advisors need to sort of fight back uh, somewhat when we're we're back on a bit more of an even keel to to get those contributions back up. We've also seen people obviously. Um, who have had to access their funds um, in this, possibly what would have been seen as a short term for them, um, and, and triggering things like the money purchase annual allowance. I know myself and, and many other people have uh, contacted HMRC to see if they can waive the MPAA uh, in this extenuating circumstances, because it's within their power, um, even mm. if they may have to change some legislation.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is this is another thing where, you know, the concern is people are going to think, well, yeah, I know that, I can access my pension pot, and um, most of my clients, they're not going to be looking to to do that. Um, I've got some who, you know, a couple who have actually, well, one asked me that very thing and I said, well, look, you know, the plan was you're not going to be spending it for another year or so. And actually that's great because we want the pot to recover, which, you know, it has done already to a large extent from the market um, dropping. And, you know, we want to make sure that they're still, On track for what we planned next year. And, uh, you know, it's a case of then, well, you know, what nothing's changed in this particular lady's situation um, with her finances but it's just the fact that you know they hear about other people um, you know taking money and the the new pension freedoms the downside I suppose because it's so flexible you know people can almost treat a pension pot like just any other savings account but which you know to an extent once you're over 55 you can do but there's other things you know such as the tax um, situation that you've got to be looking at in more detail plus also yeah the longer term impact on well how's that going to to impact you in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time.
1: Yeah I mean it's lucky for people who have financial advisors uh, they're probably less at risk of this sort of thing and accessing their funds in this turbulent market. People who have got good good advice uh, are less likely to do that so probably getting uh, quite good value out of uh, their advisors at yes. the moment You know, <laughs> yeah. factor in uh, what the detriment that people could cause themselves by just uh, accessing the funds. I mean thankfully we do have things like the second line of defence where um, the providers will push back and say, you do realise the risks. Um, whereas historically, before the freedoms, it was actually probably slightly easier to access your funds, but um, yeah. there was probably less impact on doing it.
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, the, the big thing for me. You know, the, the biggest risk is that. People think that they've got enough, but they haven't. And so for me, it's, you know, there's, there's sort of two ways to look at this. You know, I've got two hats, my advisor hat, and also then... Just my interest in pensions generally, and just looking, you know, thinking about how it does impact the general public. And yeah, we've got such a big retirement savings gap already. Um, we don't want that to get bigger and bigger, but the, the danger is that it will. And some people, yeah, do give up on pensions. And um, I had a really good example of some clients who, you know, had done exactly that. Um, but then actually, because they were they run their own business, they're doing very well. And a lot of business owners that I've met throughout the years are quite negative about pensions because of the issues that have been, you know, 20, 30 years back and, um, and yeah, they are now very much engaged with it. But there's so many people, as you're right, Claire, who don't have an advisor who aren't and will end up making a bad decision, which will impact them in the long term. And, you know, I, yeah, that's something that I say I'm worried about, you know, with my sort of, you know, other hat in terms of the general state of pensions.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's great that it's flexible to access your funds, but the the contribution flexibility. I know we have carry forward, but the contribution flexibility is just not there uh, for these kind of business owners who might want to hold fire on making contributions in years where it might be difficult, like at the moment. Uh, but then come bouncing back and want to make up their contributions in the last few years to to a higher level uh, mm-hmm. when we when we actually saw them just testing so occupational schemes, testing the money coming out rather than money going in, and personal schemes, testing the money going in but not money coming out, um, then you did have a little bit more flexibility in in, in planning um, yeah. and when, when the annual allowance was much higher. And those high earners, that, that's uh, another issue. These years where people are maybe having a, a lower income um, would have technically a, a much higher annual allowance for some people. Uh, and then going mm. forward when their incomes bounce back, um, and their businesses bounce back, then maybe their annual allowances drop. Um, and yes, they, they are the rules, but it's, it just makes things very complex for anyone to do any kind of significant long term planning uh, for, for their savings. And it just yeah. probably means they put it in something that's easy access rather than something that could get locked away. Um, so the, the only positive, I think, for, for this is it might have shone, shone a light on savings. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who realise they have very little savings, um, yeah. in pensions or otherwise. Um, yeah. And uh, it's a probably a bit of a shock to the system.
2: Yeah. And um, just on that point, I've had a few inquiries, um, you know, I was was talking today about inquiries dropping off a bit, which is to be expected, um, but, you know, still getting quite a few coming through. And they tend to be from people in that position where they've got a bit of savings and thinking, actually, I need to be doing something with them. Um, You know, not had advice before, but actually now I really need to, because, you know, perhaps they're paying a bit more attention to the finances because they're thinking, well, things are going to be tougher. Um, going forwards, and you need to make sure your money's working hard for you. But um, I mean, there will be unintended consequences, uh, as with anything. Um, going back to your other point there, um, in, in regards to the money purchase annual allowance, there will be people who are taking money out of the pensions without advice, thinking, "Oh well, I'll make up for it later on because yeah, we might have a tough you know few years." But uh, you know, I've got. 20 years to retirement then i can make up for that but uh, well you know not 20 years but let's say 10 years um in an example of, but they will yeah take money out trigger their money purchase allowance and find that they can only put in four thousand a year and they'll never be able to save enough in their pension to to make up for it but on that i, I have read um and i don't know if it's something you um, know about or we've got any more information about but uh, is it something that um, HMRC you know they might relax the rules um, on money purchase annual allowance? Um,
1: um, I'm, it's been put to them I know that because I've personally done it with my other hat on from the chair of AMPS um, it, with some of the other requests that we put forward to them that they did take forward and give us some guidance on but with the MPAA nothing came back and nothing has Uh, has has come of it and I know uh, myself mentioned it I think Steve Webb's mentioned it and I saw uh, another article on it yesterday Uh, but it it would it would actually make a difference to the flexibility of of people being able to maintain themselves in the in this sort of very difficult what we hope to be a short-term issue where people aren't earning necessarily um, and and will be hopefully back on their feet and earning again uh, in the next few years Uh, and it's it's an unintended consequence of what was probably thought through to be uh, good protection uh, for for the Treasury.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And guys, have you found that advisors have had to adapt and alter their advice processes on pensions? Like, for example, is there more you know, emphasis on drawdown or annuities? Or are you kind of staying away from this?
2: so yeah for me to answer that one i mean it, i think the focus is very much more on drawdown because um so for example the lady i mentioned she was previously thinking well you know let's wait and see what happens with tube rates but now it's a case of thinking all oh, the flexibility will be nice to have and and that it example was where she's thinking actually I don't like working at home <laughs> quite as much as i like being in the office which is same for me but really. I do miss that interaction you know I do work at home but I like being able to to go into the office and um, you know for the social element and so she's now thinking well I, I might bring forward my retirement a bit more but I might just yeah dip into my pension whereas before she was very much different thinking that you know she'd like to have that guaranteed income. So, it's, you know, for me, um, that's only a one off example, but, uh, you know, I can see more people thinking along those lines.
1: Yeah, we've seen changes to the way people are doing things. So, the level of uh, money being taken out has has dropped and the way people have been taken out. So, not necessarily so many uh, UFPLUS have been um, accessed this year. And I think Mm. people who are taking regular income, uh, it's difficult for them to drop that. But uh, we have seen a drop in the regular income just, uh, just a bit because people don't want to build up that excess and take it out the market when the market's fluctuating so much. And again, I think that's a, an advised uh, aspect to this. If, if you weren't advised, you wouldn't necessarily think that you could sort of move your income around, uh, take it at different times uh, when it yeah. suits the market better. Um, and we, I'm, I'm definitely sure we've seen people putting off taking crystallizing if they don't need to, um, because it's it, it's not been the time. And, and in some cases, it's been very difficult to value some assets um, across the board. I mean, take, for example, um, in, in SIPs, for example, valuing a commercial property when a surveyor can't get out to see the property because they're not allowed to go out to work um, and they, they can't do a desktop valuation because they haven't seen it before. Then it can be very difficult to get good valuations on, on difficult assets. So I think mm-hmm. that all of that, um, is, is something that's sort of having a knock on effect on what people are doing. Um, as, as, well as getting signatures, for example, I mean, lots of, lots of providers, as they have had to change the way they, they deal as well, getting, putting in electronic signatures, um, and, and making it a lot easier for people to actually do business with advisors, um, because you can't go around and sit there and have a cup of tea, uh, and get your paperwork signed. It's just really not possible. And, and time critical things, um, you don't really want to be relying on the post i not anything against our posties, but my post is definitely taking a little bit longer to get to me than it, than it usually does. I just I, maybe there's just more posts. I mean, that's a possibility.
2: Oh, no, I'm definitely getting less posts, less often. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe that's what it is.
0: <laughs> and um, I know you touched on this a bit earlier, but you know it's all been doom and gloom lately. But how could you argue that COVID has actually been good for pensions in that? more people showing interest in their savings and, you know, looking at how they can improve their pots. Whereas before, you know, it wasn't uncommon for people to not look at their pensions at all.
2: I mean, I I personally not really experienced a change because of the fact that um I mean I, I communicate with my clients on a regular basis, um in addition to, you know, standard reviews, annual reviews, six monthly reviews. Um then yeah, just like to keep them updated. And I think that's never been more important than in the last few months because we've gone through such an uncertain time. And I've been impacted in terms of, you know, how I can work with my clients, as have any you know, financial advisor um pretty much. And I think we're all guilty of perhaps in financial services in general not just financial advisors all guilty of not being as tech savvy and using technology you know to the extent that perhaps we should do or could do and um you know we've pretty much tried to fit into the last two months what we you know could have been doing for the last you know 20 years in terms of you know some of the processes um they probably haven't changed it in that long and so you know and, and that's, as well, providers have really um, sort of got, um, you know, brought out their A-game in terms of, you know, got things to a position where we can work well remotely with clients. And um, for me, it's a case of, yeah, say, just keep communicating. And so, you know, there's not really been, like I say, any change and clients are still thinking, well, yeah, what we were doing before should still be working now. And as long as we can do business with them in the same way, then, yeah, there's not really any any change or any impact, which is good.
1: Yeah, but I have to conclude. Yeah, I think the the big positive has been the technological changes that uh, providers and, and advisors have have embraced to to make things work uh, and change, changing the structure of even documents such as trust documents, making making them easier for sort of multi parties to sign in different yeah. different places. Um, it's it, it's been a it's been a real big change, and as you say, it's something that should have happened, but we've not needed it to. So it's not broken. Let's not fix it um it has had to go out the window. So it is broken. We have had to fix it. Um and um there's been such positive feedback on that. I, I think I think that will help engagement generally if, if pensions stop being so old school and, mm-hmm. and start being something that you can access um electronically, that you can um you don't need to go and see a person to sign something you've got DocuSign or whatever it is your chosen yeah. electronic signatures. All all brings it sort of Uh, to the forefront of younger people's minds Uh, and as we know younger people really do need to engage uh, and get saving Um, and I think it's not just pensions it is saving generally that I think at the end of the day will be the winner out of this when people realize actually I had no savings people always tell your parents always say make sure you've got three months worth of rent make sure you've got you know all this stuff um, all in place and, and people don't uh, and yeah. I think people well, realise, <laughs> yeah, should, should, should have done it um, so yeah I think it, it's positive but possibly not in the direct pensions relation um, kind of
0: way mm. and yeah. has it taught us anything else about pensions you know is there anything on your wish list that you'd want to see change going forward
1: uh, for me, it's got to be the annual allowance and the MPAA just don't work. But then again, I've probably said that I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, We've got two sets of restrictions. You're restricted on the amount of tax relief you can get by your earnings, and then you're restricted again by the annual allowance. Uh, and uh, they are treated independently. And it, it just takes away that flexibility of, I, I can't contribute until I'm earning a bit more. Um, i I'm not earning a bit more until I'm a bit older so I need to put in more um, and then you're restricted because by the time that you probably feel you're comfortable enough to put a decent amount of money in your pension then then the restrictions are kicking in uh, so I think to me it's we've got the flexibilities on taking money out we just need some more mm. flexibilities on putting money in um, to, to give yeah. people the freedom for, for issues like this and these are issues that are happening across the country and across the world. But people have these issues year in, year out. One person could have a really bad year for various reasons, sickness or, or, or otherwise, um, and then they they come back and they get a good job and they, they want to, you know, invest and and then they're restricted. And it's the same with not just pensions but other things such as ISAs. You know, it's the the flexibility isn't isn't quite there for me yet.
2: Mm, no, no, definitely agree with that. And uh, you know, good another example conversation I had this morning um, with somebody where he's his pension allowance has been restricted even more um, because of the fact that they're changing the tapering rules and um, and yeah there's been so much tinkering with those rules so for me my wish list is is hoping that they don't and obviously we've been talking for a while about the pension review and the cans being kicked down the road because of Brexit and further so down the road a lot further probably because of what's happening at the moment with Covid um, but um, yeah there will be further changes and When the governments are looking at cost savings and they're saying, well, there's, you know, 20 billion pounds going out in tax relief um, to pensions, then they're, they're going to try and probably restrict, you know, more so in terms of, you know, whether we have something like the you know pension isa which is still being banded about and and the, for me the the concern there is the fact that the government have made um the licence more accessible now they're basically saying to people well mm-hmm. oh, we won't charge you the five percent penalty you know feel free to spend your money it's very much short-term thinking let's think about today and not about tomorrow which you know I understand there may be circumstances where people need to do that where finances are tight but it's you know you, you can't make it too easy to take money but too difficult to invest money it just it it doesn't stack up you know something's going to break along the way even more than it's already broken
0: (laughs) i think we've still got a very long way to go until we see you know the end of all of this and what's really the effect on pensions but we'll have to wait and see well claire tim thank you so much for joining us thank you for listening to the ft advisor podcast tune in next week for the next episode